work as hard as you can to protect the gospel unity of the church. Um, I don't think, you know, unity is something that's talked about a lot. I'm not talking about like kumbaya unity, where it's just like, let's unify over everything, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Gospel unity. I'm talking about gospel unity. Art of the Assistant, brought to you from the hills of almost heaven, West Virginia, a podcast created to encourage and assist those who are sitting in the second chair of their ministries and organizations. But Nick, thank you so much for tuning in and, and coming on and talking to our guys as they're tuning in on Art of the Assistant. Uh, well, thank you for having me, Trey. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's awesome. Awesome to have you. Uh, Nick and I, we, um, are, we've we been social media friends for a while, and now it's good to catch up, see where he is. So I've been following Nick's journey, and I just I appreciate, Nick, you. I appreciate what um, you put out there. I know you got... Uh, you, one of the things that impresses me about you is you follow nobody, but have like, you know, a million followers on Facebook. So (laughs) um, hats off to you making that impact, but, but you're using that for the glory of the Lord and you're, you're putting good material out there for guys to look at, read this, check this out. And, and I just appreciate that. And I know a lot of guys are following that, seeing that, and that's awesome. And so, you know, Nick, tell us um, right now you're, you're in Atlanta and and how tell us about your wife family you know where where do you sit right now yeah so i am a husband of my wife chelsea and a father of two children grace is four years old and abigail is two years old right now we are kind of hunkered down here in atlanta while we wait on the lord's leading for the next step in uh, ministry and life so Awesome. Yeah. So that's one of the things I definitely just want to jump in talking about is, you know, you've made a transition and followed the Lord's leading and that leading hasn't necessarily been, you know, a lot of guys, they'll leave a ministry and it's, it's for bigger and better. We talk about, or these great open doors and that's obviously not the case with you and in the journey that the Lord brought you on um, to leave Calvary and, and to be where you are today. So as we dive into this, Nick, and we talk about it, you know, the a lot of guys are sitting out there. There's a lot of assistant pastors out there. Maybe they're in year two, year three, year four, and, you know, maybe they're tied into a Christian school or, or a year contract that usually starts in the summer. So maybe they're just getting started this year and already they're like, oh, I don't know if I can endure anymore. You know, I can't, I don't know if I can yeah. take this anymore. Um, this is just, and it's rough. Sometimes in that it's rough. So, so. When you were there, why did you feel, you know, hey, this, it's time for my family and I to move on? How was God speaking to your heart and the heart of your family? And and how would you tell these guys that are listening that they know, okay, it's definitely time? Or how does the Lord let us know it's time to leave? Yeah, I definitely think that one of the key things in that is being able to discern between discontentment and God's leading, actually knowing the difference between the two, because I think every single pastor, no matter what, and I could be wrong, but but from what I've seen and from the friends that I have, every pastor at some time or another will deal with a level of discontentment in their ministry. Um, I I, I I've talked to guys who who are in places and positions that that other men would love to be in, who still uh, sometimes really struggle with where they're at, and have mm. maybe it's the area they're living in. They could be in a city when they're really you know a country person, and they want to go somewhere where it, it's less congested, or vice versa. I think 
discerning between, okay, this is discontentment. This is me just not liking the way things are going right now versus this is God's providence um, working in my life. This is God leading us out of this ministry. And for us, it was really, um, there there were several things that unfolded that signaled either the need for significant change in our ministry or in our church or a departure from that ministry. And so really seeking a path forward, working through those things and, and obviously bathing that whole process in prayer, asking yeah. for God's direction and God's leading. And, and that's kind of how we came to that conclusion. Mm. So yeah. that's really good. You know, I think I wrote down here, Sanders snow. Sometimes we have our, pre- you know, we do have our preferences. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. you know, my wife's got a palm tree on the front of her minivan um, you know, we love, we love the South. We love the warm right. outdoor cyclist runner, but you know, I, I, I don't want to be where God doesn't want me to be. Right. And right. So when you're talking about that in, in looking at that in how sometimes Nick, do, can we tell the difference between, you know, whatever state I'm in, you know, West Virginia or, or, or Georgia or whatever, but wherever God would have me contentment wise in comparison to, Hey, this is this is just too hard on my family, or this is um, compromised for me to stay. How do we how right. do we balance? How do we balance? And and there's there's also the idea of well, I'm going to stay until um, they kick me out. Um, yeah. where, where do we find a balance there? And how do you know that? Yeah, man, I, I'm still figuring that out in one way. Um, but I think the Lord really just has to give wisdom. And I think we have to beg God every day for wisdom in those things. But I do think we have to get to the bottom of why we are feeling the way we're feeling. Yeah. Am I feeling this way just because I would rather be in another uh, place or a, in another situation? Am I feeling this way because I'm coveting someone else's position? I would mm. rather have the opportunity that person has. And if I left, I might be able to get that. Um, yeah. That's an idolatrous kind of covetousness. Mm. Um, and then I, I think we have to ask, you know, like you mentioned, is it a issue of orthodoxy or gospel truth? Is it an issue of compromise? Is it an issue of um, me not putting my family first? Am I putting my family in a bad situation by being here? I think you really have to just ask the Lord for wisdom to really get to the bottom of that. And I think, and I'm g- going to mention this as we go through this, bringing in a counselor is mm. is really necessary. Every pastor, it's been said, should have a pastor. I really believe that. Um Getting someone in who who's not as up close and in the thick of the fog, who can look from the outside and say, "Okay, this is something that is in your blind spot that you've not picked up on. Let me let me bring this to your attention." That is something that you need in, in these situations. You can't just navigate this on your own. You've got to bring in a trusted counselor and mentor in on that situation and talk through these things with them. Yeah. They're not God. It's not that everything right. they say is is Bible, but but bringing them in because God has given them wisdom and and allowing them to help you through that is really important. That's really good. Yeah, I heard someone say the other day they they're really discontent in their position and what was going on. So they got a coach to help them through it. 
And the coach said, you know, what are you looking for? I mean, what is it that you want? And so they went through all of it. And then the coach was like, okay, let's talk about the last month. Mm. And, and they just needed someone to step back and say, you're doing all that. Right. But you don't see it as great where you are, because again, I think social media is a killer with that. Sure is. Um, Yeah. You know, Hey, look what, look what they got to do and look where they got invited in. And, um, you know, it, it, it can very quickly make us discontent in those areas. My wife, she, you know, she asked me to to just get rid of social media altogether. Now that's pastor, you know, it's pastor appreciation month. And (laughs) like, you're going to see all these things and all these pastors getting all this. And usually, you know, and I'm like, you know, right. And and we can paint that picture sometimes and it does breed that discontent. It sure can. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to be on guard against all of that. And that's where we, again, just need wisdom from God and wisdom from godly men. Yeah. Yep. That's really good. So, so Nick, okay. So you're there, um, you're, you're at the church and and the Lord is starting to do this work, you, you know, maybe outside men you're talking to, and they're giving you this counsel and, and you've been in this, the Northeast region for how many years now, four five, six years or seven years, uh, six years, six years. Okay. So you're in that area for, for six years, you have two children, and and your wife and and you come to her and say, look, I don't know um, if we're going to be able to stay or I feel like, you know, the Lord, I always say the Lord's shaking the tree. Uh, I don't know where we're going to land, but the, the God's shaking the tree in the nest a little bit. How, how did your how did you share that with your wife? How did she come along with you on that? Was she, you know, sometimes you hear like with missionaries, well, it's about time because the Lord told me that a long time ago. Where was it with your journey? as far as in your, yes. in your marriage for my wife is uh she's a trooper she's she's really strong in the lord um it was obviously difficult for her like it was for for me um it was probably more emotionally difficult for her um because she had really uh, deep attachments to the people of our church she loved them just like i did and um also, there's that sense of stability no longer present. We're now uprooting our entire lives and, you know, where are our kids going to be? And and what about their friends? And and what about homeschooling? And what about all of those, those concerns that every mother has and should have? Um, so that was, that was difficult. But at the same time, my wife had told me from the very beginning of, of our transition out of that ministry look, I'm okay. Um, Mm. the truth is worth the cost. And Mm. she just pulled up her sleeves and jumped right into the trenches with me. Mm. And she was just a faithful wife through all of that, who worked with me in, in navigating that season. We, we had prayed together so often again, many, many tears were shed, but, but she was strong and she was content with whatever the Lord did in our lives because she, I really think this comes back to to understanding the sovereignty of God and and knowing that God's will is going to be done and that his decision is the best decision for us. And so that it is a kindness for him to do what he's done, even if it's difficult and painful, that he's going to work it out for our good and his glory. So she she trusted God, uh, sometimes better than I did through that situation. Um, So she she was great. Yeah, man, that's that's really good. I love the statement. The truth is worth the cost. Yeah. And and it's 
as you know, you've lived this, you know, I've been in two other ministries before landing here in West Virginia. Um, and, and whenever you leave, there's a cost. Yeah, of you course. So, so you were talking about when you moved to Atlanta, you, how big was your U-Haul? <laughs> uh, we had a 16 foot truck. Uh, we, we yeah. tried to sell as much as possible to fit everything into that truck because I did not want to drive through New York city uh, with a 24 foot U-Haul. Yeah. So yeah. we got the smallest one we could find that could fit ourselves a reasonably sized one and, and moved down here to Atlanta to live with my family. That's where they're at. And um, so we, we've just been staying with them for the past three or four weeks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's um, that, what my wife could still tell you the things that we left in the garage in North Carolina, because I was the same way. I'm, I've got, we're going to pack everything we can and what's essential yep. in this truck and we're going to hit the road and I'm not taking two trucks. I'm not making two trips. And, you know, I've still got a handmade uh, bookshelf, you know, the church in North Carolina, somebody's utilizing uh, oh, and wow. stuff that we donated, a bunch of stuff we donated to Spanish ministry. But I think too, Nick, in, in when you, when you move like that, I use the word stuff. I think you realize it is just stuff. Right. Right. You, you look at that truck and you're like everything that I, of course we had four kids. So I had a bunch of stuff. Yeah. You know, everything that we've owned or everything we've held onto just, it fits in this box. Mm-hmm. Like right now, if you've got a, a pod or a, a, you know, a storage building or whatever, it's, you know, my, my whole life belongings are in this 10 by 10 or this 10 by 20. And it, it puts things in perspective when you move like that. It sure does. Yeah. And, and it reminds you that it's, it is, like you said, it's just stuff. Yeah. And what we were able to give my kids in this transition, as far as being in a church that is biblical a church that is looking to uphold the truth of God's word is far more worth than the mm-hmm. toys that we yeah. can give them or the yeah. junk that yeah. they will one day get rid of. So um, yeah, yeah it, it is true. The truth is worth the cost. And I, yeah, there's, there's definitely that as well. And I think that that carries on even going back to the first question, when do you know it's time and granted you're, you're doing the preaching and teaching, but mm-hmm. I think, Okay, let's say that you are an assistant pastor and you're in this church and you do have three or four children and and the pastor's not teaching God's word. And yeah. so you're sitting there and and you're not only starving, you're watching your children starve. I think that's a time where you've really got to pray. Look, I've right. I, I owe this to my children to be in a ministry where they're going to be fed. Yes, absolutely. They're going to spiritually grow. And and we miss that at times, I think. And and then you see you see kids growing up and they're walking away from God or, you know, Christianity is a bunch of hypocrites or or these right. things where that might not necessarily have been the case had a transition been made earlier in life. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we've got to remember that our family is is our first ministry as yeah. as preachers. You know, I'm a, I'm a father before I'm a pastor or a preacher. And I'm a husband before I'm a father. And so my, my family has to come first. And so, yeah, that, that definitely has to play a role in the decisions that we make as far as where we're at. 100%. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's really, um, that's, yeah, that's excellent stuff. So, so let's, let's, let's paint this scenario. You know, the assistant pastors there, maybe we go back the things just aren't good in ministry and, you know, the relationships may be a little strained with the pastor for whatever reason 
And, and God has made it clear through counsel. God has made it clear through his word. God has made it clear through prayer that, okay, um, it's time for us to move on. Yeah. How, how do we, how do we go about that? Nick, how did you go about it? Did you go about it with, with telling the people, did you tell anybody in the church? Did you just meet with the deacons? Um, you know, how, what's the best way to go about making a transition from one ministry to no ministry or from one ministry to another? Yeah. So I, I think that it, it has to be taken case by case. It, it depends if you're a senior pastor, that might look different than you leaving. If you're an assistant pastor right, right. Um, and then it might look different as far as being even just a church member and how you would leave. So I think um, it has to be value evaluated that way, but I would definitely say, you know, pray, 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 and then pray. Uh, yeah. You have to bathe this in prayer if you're going to make the right decision and if you're going to make really most importantly, the God honoring decision and then handling it in a God honoring way. And, and really that's the, that's the, the, you could say the overarching advice I would give is you have to leave in a way that honors Christ. Um, You have to leave in a way that brings glory to God. And so practically speaking, yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta get counsel. I would, I would ask, I mean, I have a, a, a man who, who I would consider to be my pastor when I was in New Hampshire, and I would ask him, you know, so, so what would you recommend? Uh, how would you advise handling this? You know, I've got this going on. What would you say about that? I think getting counsel is going to really be helpful. I would also say you have to communicate the problems with your leaders. Um, mm-hmm. You can't just get up and leave. You have to talk to the pastor if you're an assistant pastor, and you have to talk to your elders if you're the senior pastor or or your assistant pastors, your church leadership, if you're going to leave. Um, you cannot just go. Uh, you can't just say, for undisclosed reasons, I'm leaving. And um, you have to be able to verbalize some of the problems because who knows, you might actually come to a solution to some of those problems through bringing those up. Right. Um, but you have to talk about those things with your leadership. You should, I believe, seek solutions unless God has made it abundantly clear you, you've got to go. I think that you should work as hard as you can to protect the gospel unity of the church. Yeah, um, I don't think you know unity is something that's talked about a lot. I'm not talking about like kumbaya unity, where it's just like, let's unify over everything, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Gospel unity. I'm talking about gospel unity. If there's a gospel issue at stake in the church, yeah, you've got to you've got to make that known. You've got to raise those concerns. And the gospel is something worth fighting for. That's a hill to die on. Um, so you've got to work to maintain gospel unity in the church. If the church is still united over the gospel of Christ and secondary issues is more so what's what's at the core of this, then you've got to handle things accordingly and, and just try to preserve gospel unity as much as is possible. Because when you leave, the goal is that that church still preaches the gospel in that area, uh, that that ministry could still be effective for the cause of Christ. Like this isn't our brand, right? Me leaving isn't, well, you know, it's no longer my brand. So I don't care anymore Mm -hmm. about whether or not that church is successful, but we should, if we have a gospel heart, we should pray that the church succeeds in preaching the gospel to the lost in that area. Even if I disagree with the leadership, or even if 
I'm not happy with what has happened or I've been hurt by the people who are there. Um, the gospel is way more important than that. And the mission of God is way more important than that. And then I would say, you know, guard your heart, <laughs> guard your wife's heart, guard yeah. your mouth. Um, when emotions are high, it's very easy to, if, especially if you're the pastor or associate pastor who's teaching or preaching, it's very easy to see opportunities for cheap shots. It's yeah. very easy to see an opportunity to get a jab in here or there. That is not um, a spirit-filled way to handle things. That's not a Christ-like way to handle things. Good. We want the truth to be heard. We want to do it in a noble way. We want to be courageous. We don't want to be soft about the truth. But at the same time, we want to be able to do things in a way where we're, we are taking the high road, like you and I have talked about, Treg. And then I would also say, lastly, like just don't compromise. Good. The way you handle this, don't compromise on your convictions. If that's why you're leaving, then you need to stand firm on those things mm -hmm. and you need to make that clear. So don't just bend and break and say, I'll be hush hush about this if it's a gospel issue until I leave. You know, yeah, leaving quietly over secondary issues is one thing, but if it's a gospel issue, I would say you need to make that known. Uh, read Jonathan Edwards' farewell sermon to his church. And you'll get a primer really on how to leave uh, mm -hmm. a ministry. He, he calls his church to unity over the mm -hmm. gospel. He corrects issues that are in the church. He's vocal about those things. It, we're not politicians. We're not diplomats. We're preachers of God's word. We're heralding eternal truth to these people. Yeah. So it's we're not looking to leave in this very political way. While we are trying to do things rightly, we have to uphold the truth of God as the primary thing. So, mm. man, that's that's fantastic. So, you know, I think one of the things I wrote down when you were talking there was honesty. I mean, we need to be, we just need to be honest. Would you right. say, I mean, with, this is where I am. This is my conviction. I mean, sometimes honesty is not just throwing up everything, you know, and well, I've got an issue with this, 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 and this, but at the same time, if, if you're not honest, then it's going to keep people guessing. Well, yeah. you know, his wife just hated, you know, West Virginia or, or whatever, and mm -hmm. I think honesty is, is good there. So when you were, you know, in the middle of all that, obviously the church is growing and, and the, you know, the things are going well from the outside looking in and, and everything was going smooth and well, which, which again, if you're going to leave, that's a great way to do it. It's not like I killed the church and it's like, yeah. Hey, Mora. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, you're leaving while things are going up, but you know, and, and even, even before we talked, you know, I, I had heard that the church was getting ready to get you a car and all these things and, and they were taking care of you, but yet you, and I appreciate this, had the integrity to say, Hey, before we do all this, I think we need to have some conversation mm -hmm. and, and make sure we're on the same page. And so right. when you did, you had those meetings, were you, um, and just sharing your heart and where you were in ministry, were you meeting with deacons at that time? Is that the, the way the church was set up? Yeah. So, so in that church, my goal was to bring us to a plurality of, of elders. Um, but at that time we had deacons and, and the deacons kind of served as elders and deacons. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's kind of how it was set up. And that that's what we were, I was going to try to work to, to change. So yeah, I was meeting with our deacons and, and good men, godly men, men that I love um, men that uh, I think uh, love Christ and um, love the church and want the best for the church. 
but we disagreed on on these issues and and we just tried to work through them. I had met with them and spoken to them about everything that was going on, and uh, they weren't hot headed about it. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, when we deal with these things and we 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 tend to fear these confrontations or we tend to fear these conversations that we have with mm-hmm. leadership. Well, if I get honest, what if they just get up and, and throw a fit? I think sometimes we assume that when in reality, that's probably not going to be the case. I'm not saying every time, but my, my deacons were, were really good and um, in talking it through and being really stable and emotionally cool headed. Um, but it was it was just something we could not find resolution in. So it was uh, something we had to move on from. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's that's wise. And and um, and and I, yeah, not easy, though. I mean, I've compared leaving a church to it's it's like death. I mean, these are the people that you love. These are the ones you care right. for. I know that's a that's a that's a difficult um, thing to be able to do. So now, Nick, as you're in the position that you're in and, and you're there, are are you putting you putting resumes out? You just waiting for the Lord just to work and and trusting Him. You know, it's like God can't steer a sitting parked car. But how how do you balance that? And and what are you finding now in this in between time? Yeah, so uh, I've been trying to use this first and foremost for my family. This has been a time where <laughs> we've really tried to get a um, spiritual. I guess, sabbatical to where yeah. we are really trying to cultivate the spiritual growth of our family, especially my wife. Um, I'm called, like I said, to be my wife's primary discipler, and I'm called to disciple my family. And so now's the time for us to really up the ante and, and really work hard and family worship and praying together and catechizing our kids and teaching them the word of God. Um, we've tried to take this time to hit the spiritual reset button nice. and heal, uh, work through some things. But at the same time, you know, I'm not one who can just sit still for long. So I've been doing a lot of reading. I've been doing pulp supply and I'm, I'm doing that in the next coming weeks. I'll be in Tennessee and in Kentucky and then in Georgia. So I'm trying to stay busy doing that. But as far as the next place, that's hard uh, because, you know, in one way, you've got to just be look on the lookout every day for the providence of God. Okay, yeah. where's it? Okay, through what connection is that guy going to come? Um, but at the same time, I'm on job boards. Founders Ministry has a job board. I'm, I'm looking on there. Uh, I'm refreshing it often. Okay, is there a new posting? Um, I'm on, you know, some other websites with job boards and cautiously looking through some opportunities mm. and working through those and sending some resumes in and um, just trying to just trying to follow the Lord's leading and take it one step at a time while being open to God's will and not not being selfish. OK, I want to be in a beach town. I want to be yeah. right in the Gulf. You know, I want it to be just like trying to just, OK, Lord, where do you want us? Where do you want our family? That's that's the way we're trying to navigate this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think really the, the most important thing for us, especially in this time and any pastor who goes through this transition is getting into getting plugged into a solid biblical church, yeah, finding good. a church, getting plugged into it, really focusing on just just while you're waiting, serve in the church if you can, sit under good biblical preaching, make sure your family is being fed. 
I think that is of absolute importance, and it has been. God has used that in our lives and has helped us through the local church we're attending right now. That's great. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And praise the Lord. That's good, brother. Well, um, and pray. It's just it's amazing as we do these things, how God just pulls it all together. And you can look back and say, Man, I know, I know the Lord was in this. So let me let me ask this right. then as you're looking. We were I was taking my son into school today at a chiropractor appointment. So we're going in and he just he just makes these off the cuff statements. He's 16. He's like, you know, dad, I think it'd be cool. Maybe I'll be a missionary because I think it'd be great to learn a new language and learn a culture and then minister to people. And I was like, you know, you had no matter where you go in the world or the United States, culture is so important. And and so when you're looking, you know, you've been um, you've lived all around, you've been in different different states and different churches. I mean, how important is you look to say, hey, you know, I'm not a California guy or I'm not a Floridian or I'm not a. Uh, I couldn't, I've tried Vermont. It's just not my personality. Does, does our cultural background and personality, God can go over all sides of that. And I know we're talking about contentment as well, but I mean, how, what kind of a role do you see that playing in ministry? I don't think it plays no role whatsoever, not to sound unspiritual. Um, yeah. I do think, you know, again, like my family um, factoring in is, is this going to be good for my family? You know, for example, let's say that it's a church and they say, all right, we've got 150 people and we're going to pay you $30,000 a year. Um, You know, I'm not saying say no immediately, but that's that's going to be a concern, because if you're expecting me to be part time and paying that much while giving me a full deck of of responsibilities as a pastor and then expecting me to really nourish the church or, or, or feed the church with the word of God uh, every week, then that that's going to be really tough. I'm going to burn myself out if I have to do that. I think factoring in those things and then even, even areas. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest for me personally, I'm willing to go where the Lord wants me to, if it's in a more rural area, so be it. Um, I'll be fine. <laughs> the Lord, I think we should see it more. It calls us to a people rather than a place. Good, so yeah. I, I, I want to be where God wants me. But I mean, at the same time, I, I asked the Lord, Lord, if, if this is a wrong desire, me wanting to be in more of a populated area, because I want to reach more people. I want to be yeah. able to do more. Uh, Lord, if that's carnal, if that's my flesh, then purge that from me, correct that, help me to see the sinfulness of that. I think just praying through those things. Um, it's So I'm not necessarily saying that I think it's wrong to factor in area and that. I just think that it should be something that's prayed over. And I, I, I mean, yeah. I, we can't overlook that. Prayer is is yeah. absolutely essential in this, yeah. this season. That's so. good. Well, let's, um, I want to, let me go with that a little more and then we'll close up. But, you know, again, I don't think God, God does not care about our geographical location. Like right. you said, this is a people. This is, these are the people that need Nick at this time for spiritual growth, for development, for, for bringing them using your gifts and abilities um, in this setting. And I think God is, is just amazingly gracious when he right. does that for us and in the hand of God, but two. So basically what you said, then it's not wrong to consider salary when you're looking at a job. I mean, yeah. if it's God's will, he'll just provide, right? I mean, is, is salary something we should look at? I think it should be. Obviously, we're not looking to um, we're not looking to 
be wealthy necessarily. I'm not looking to to um, give my kids a luxurious lifestyle. We're not we're not after that. But being able to provide for your family is something that's really important. Um, again, we, we have to minister to our family. And not only are we called to provide discipleship for our family, we're called to provide materially for our family. Mm-hmm. And pastoring is the way that we do that. Now, absolutely, there are bivocational uh, opportunities, and God calls many men to those opportunities. I, I'm one of them. I've, I've been there before. And I think it's great. And I think that if that's the Lord's will, then it should be done. And um, but, yeah, I, I think salary is absolutely something you have to factor in. And I know some guys will pull out the faith card. Oh, you little faith. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you should just be OK on beans and rice. And, and I get it. You know, if that's what the Lord calls us to, then 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 great. The Lord will provide and his grace will be sufficient. That's part of learning to be content in whatever state we're in. But at the same time, you know, we have to prioritize the provision of our family. So, yeah, I mean, you have to factor in those things. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And then the other thing, too, when you're talking about family, you mentioned homeschooling. I mean, schooling is a factor as well. And, you know, your your kids are small, and but you've got to be thinking, okay, is this going to be a setup where we can homeschool them or, you know, Christians, what are we going to do? And I think that that should be a factor. But again, I think that goes back to making sure, yes, we we want to make sure God is in this. But two, man, families, families essential as we make these decisions. Right. Right. And it's it's the truth is God could call me tomorrow to a third world country um, and, and make it to where we're in a place where we do not have any of the luxuries we have today because we are ridiculously right. blessed in America. Yeah. And we sometimes see things that we need really. Mm-hmm. In, they're really things that are, are not needed at all. They're, they're yeah. just luxuries. Yeah. Uh, God could do that. And God's grace would be sufficient for me. And I'd be fine. Um, and, and the Lord would be good and he would provide for us and he would help us. But we have to keep in mind the fact that I you know, I can't just, I can't sacrifice providing discipleship to my family in order to provide financially for my family. You know, if I'm working 80 hours a week, my kids never see me, I'm never doing family worship because I'm always at work. Well, there's a lack of balance, I think, in that. Um, now, for a season, maybe that's necessary, but long term, I just don't personally think that's sustainable. I think kids need their dad at home, they need to be around dad. Um, so I, I think it just really takes a lot of prayer and seeking the Lord's guidance in that. Yeah. Amen. Man, that's really good. So Nick, I hope that answers a lot of the questions for guys that are watching, people who are tuning in. I know um, very encouraging again for me to look at this and to see this. And I just appreciate you and what you're doing and encourage everyone just to pray for you as you're seeking God's leading. And we anxiously await to see where where you're going to land and and how God's going to use you and your family in the future. I mean, you guys, you're it. Are you 30, Nick, yet? 29. 29. Yeah. I that that 20, 25 to 29, 30 year olds. I love that group. You guys are um 15 years behind me. And so I look at it, hey, when I'm 60, you're going to be the guys where I'm at right now. And you're gonna you're the you're the ones to carry the torch. And I'm just excited to see what God is doing in in your generation and what's happening and just it's exciting times when we see the gospel going out you know again with brian and steve lawson working on the academy for expository preaching there's just so many things at our disposal that um i think are really going to make an impact and a change 
as right. far as as far as where we go in our knowledge in the future. So, Nick, thank you, brother. Uh, that yeah. was really good. And guys can find you on Facebook. If you got any questions for him, he'd be happy, I'm sure, to share with you as much as he could some guidance and counsel there. And we just uh, pray this will be a blessing to all of you. Thanks again. Thank you.